Well, good evening. Would you stand with us tonight? So good to be back in the house of the Lord. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify. Can we magnify the Lord tonight? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the Spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Let's sing it again. Put on the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. You're worthy, Lord. Praise in the Spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, all you that mourn in Zion. Have authority to appoint unto you inside the oil of joy that will set you free. Okay, oh, you sing it tonight. Put on the garment, praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Won't you lift up the hands that hang down? Yes. Oh, lift up your voice now still. Won't you give unto God continuous praise? Sing forth. Oh, let's sing that again. Lift up the hands. Won't you lift up the hands that hang down? And lift up your voice now still. Give unto God continuous praise. Sing forth from Zion's hill. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, sing to your way. Worship and praise our God. Praise and adore Him. Bow down before Him. Oh, magnify the Lord. Yes, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, Sing that third verse again. Oh, sing to your way. Hallelujah. Worship and praise our God. Praise and adore Him. Bow down before Him. Oh, magnify the Lord. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Praise in the spirit. And with understanding, oh, magnify the Lord one more time. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice. We lift our voice to you, Lord. Praise in the spirit and with understanding, oh, magnify the Lord. Oh, praise, 
praise in the spirit and with understanding oh magnify the lord welcome him in his house tonight. Lord, we love you. Lord, have your way. Lord, touch hearts and lives tonight where we exchange that for a garment of praise. Lord, for the spirit of heaviness that's been everywhere. Lord, but we praise you tonight, lift you up, knowing that you hear us and that you walk into our situations. We want to bless you as you bless us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have our ushers tonight. We'll receive Sunday morning tithe and offering, or Sunday evening tithe and offering. I'll remind you, let's see, the Ranger campout's coming up. See uh, Jason or Cody or Nate, those guys, the sign-up sheet. Ladies, the cookie decorating class is coming up also. Sign-up sheet's in the foyer. Let's see, missions, West Africa missions is coming up. We appreciate those that have already given and those that plan to. That's coming up. Be honest before we know it. And somehow in the middle of everything this morning, I forgot to announce that, of course, that Donnie Swaggart will be here June 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's Friday night, Saturday night at 7, Sunday morning at 1030. So that's coming up. I guess that's three weeks from today, I guess. So that's coming up soon. Uh, forgot to announce it this morning, but they're running it on the network and they've mailed their mailing list here and we Facebooked it and we'll continue to Facebook it. We get somebody out. Uh, I got to tell you, last year, that meeting, I believe there was 13 people on Saturday night baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If you can't clap about that, you need to go home. And just while I'm on it, I don't mind telling you, I've got to the place I just don't care what, much what people think. <laughs> he preached, Donnie Swaggart preached lights out this morning. And if you get a chance, pull up the link. I encourage you to watch it. Because I don't mind telling you, I, that is one of the sources of leadership in the church and the world today. Personalities have nothing to do with it. I'm finally glad to see some ministry somewhere with a, with a leadership voice that will stand up and just preach what's right. And I'm going to support it. I don't care if anybody else does or not. And I'm going to encourage my people. Well, a lot of people do because they're all over the world. But it's not about televangelists. It's not about big names. It's about the message. It's about the message. And somebody that will charge this dark world with the light. And they ain't afraid. You get a chance, I'll share it on my Facebook so you can find the link after a while. Lights out. He preached lights out. I thought, man, I wish I'd have preached that. <laughs> Mike, bless this offering. Well, when I'm tossed on life's sea And those waves, they cover me And those dark clouds, 
won't let the sun shine through then a voice seems to say child there'll be a brighter day don't allow the storm to hide sweet heaven's view let's sing that again when i'm tossed on life's sea and those waves they cover me and the dark clouds won't let the sun shine through then a voice seems to say child there'll be a brighter day don't allow the storms to hide sweet heaven's view heaven so close cause you've got one more valley one more hill You've got one more trial, one more tear. Hallelujah, one more curve in life's road. Maybe one more mile to go. And you can lay down your heavy load when you get home. Well, don't let Satan see your tears. Learn to smile through your fears. Hold your head up high and give the world a smile. Joy of the Lord, just be faithful all the way. It'll be worth it all someday. Cause it all will be over forever after a while. Cause you've got one more valley, one more hill. We do. More trial, one more tear, hallelujah. One more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. That you can lay down your heavy load when you get home. Don't let Satan see your tears. Learn to smile through your fear. Hold your head up high. And give the world a smile Just be faithful all the way It'll be worth it all someday Cause it all will be over after a while Or can you sing it tonight? Cause you've got one more valley One more hill You've got one more trial one more tear, one more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. Cause you can lay down your heavy load when you get home. One more time, cause you got one more valley, one more hill. You got one more trial. One more tea, one more curve in life's road, maybe one more mile to go. Then you can lay down your, then you can lay down your heavy load. You can lay down your heavy load when you get home. Yes, heaven's not far away. 
and it'll be worth it all someday. Amen. Hallelujah.
better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere thousands elsewhere yes it is oh the thousands elsewhere She was, I believe, the merit winner this year for the South Texas District. So, Michaela, you can be seated. So, Michaela, come bless the people. Under God, and my song is Small by JJ Hubbard.
We're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to pick up on, I think, almost where we left off this morning. It won't be new ground to anyone, but it's refresher and needed in the day and hour that we need. And this morning, we ended up being gird up the loins of your mind. From First Peter, gird up the loins of your mind. It's to prepare your mind. It's because it's, we talked about that the war, the battle, the fight is between your ears. It's where, it's where the enemy attacks. But it's also where the Holy Spirit speaks. Your thought life is important. That's, a, that's, an, an, that's the understatement of the week. Your thought life is important. The Bible speaks to your thoughts and the battle that happens there. It's where the war, it's where, you talk about spiritual warfare and be, to be sure we are in a war. With everything you see going on around you, the worse it gets, the louder the war will become. You have to know how to handle your thoughts. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church for the second time. And he was dealing with situations where most of the church had accepted his apostleship, but yet there were false ministers among them. There were dividers among them in the church that, were caught, that had came in to sow seeds of doubt and to undermine his authority and to begin to get into the thoughts of the people. And Paul has walked in in, in chapter 10 and is beginning to tell them again how to handle these situations. It is, it is, uh, we play a role. Hello? We play a role, a vital role. Because see, one of the, one of the, because we, we, everything that we do with the Lord is done by faith and, uh, and, and he is the one who's, who's empowered you and giving you the mercy and the grace to be able to do anything. But there's this, there's this idea that gets in the Christian heart sometimes. The, 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 the church world, the, the Christian tends to, 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 to flow to extremes whenever it's not checked by the Word of God. And two extremes often are, is I have to do everything. I have to work. I have, that everything is by works. How, how, you know, how right I can get it. How I never fail, and when I stumble, then you're disappointed, or whatever. That we, we, we go all the way over here to it's everything I can do, that, that it's about me. Then the other side of the equation is, is this God's going to do it all, that I believe in Him, and I don't have to do anything. And there's truth in both extremes. Everything we did, we get from God is by faith. And you couldn't do it without Him. And it is Him that empowers you, and you've got to believe it. But James tells you that faith without works is dead. I can tell you all day 
have, I can have the answer to, to a problem, but if, you don't, but if you don't put it into action, because see, the Lord will give you the answers, but it's you that puts it into action. He, and he's going to talk to you in, the, in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 about the war, about the battle, about spiritual warfare and how to handle it, but it will be you. Not works. By the word, with instruction, empowered by the Spirit of God. It's important. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 Let's pray first. There's a strange feeling in the air, and I'm going to be sensitive to that strange feeling. If we're going to talk about warfare, let's acknowledge the warfare, and let's go to the one who can stop it. Father, we just love you. And Lord, I'm thankful to be able to gather in your name and break the bread of life. Lord, even now, we come against every whispering spirit. Lord, we come against... Every power of hell that's acting in this room right now to distract, to get off course, to hold someone back that's standing between them and their breakthrough. Lord, I, I pray tonight that every distraction would be hidden and bound right now in the, by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. It says, now I, Paul, chapter 10, myself beseech you, or I beg you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you, that means I beg you, that I may not be bold when I am present with, the, with, with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we were walking according to the flesh. But verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, everybody in this room walks in the flesh. I lost my church again. We had, I, had a, I had a Pentecostal church this morning. And were, where'd you go? Every one of us walk in the flesh. I, 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 if you've been around... Uh, the, the, the full gospel types very long. You'll hear things about, oh, I would have done this or I would have done that, but I was afraid I would be in the flesh. Well, I got news for you. Everything you do is in the flesh. I, that's all I got. This is the only body, I, I, this is the only means I have to operate. I'm in the flesh tonight. But I can bring my flesh into alignment with the Word of God. Are you with me? Though, for though we walk in the flesh. So Paul was talking about more than him and more than the Corinthian church. He was talking to all of us. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means they're not of the flesh. They're not of a fleshy means. They're not out of my mind, my will, and that my emotions. Now, all of us know how to go to war with our mind, will, and emotions. We do it all the time. Sometimes we say it like this, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Well, some of you ought to slow down. You've given too much away. 
For though I walk in the flesh, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshy. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now I want you, the church has got to understand that we have weapons. Weapons that, that I'm not going to be able to go to the ammo shop and the gun store to buy. Weapons that I'm not going to be able to subscribe to online. Weapons, the weapons of the warfare we are in are not tangible. They're, not fle- they're tangible, but they're not fleshy. They're the promises of God. One of the greatest weapons we have is the ability to call on God. I want you to hear me again. One of the greatest weapons that I have, that you have as a child of God, is the ability to walk in without a mediator, without somebody in between, without a priest, without, without, without a religious institution, that whenever Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom, from heaven to earth, and when that happened, because the price had been paid because it was finished that that the word of God tells us that I can now you can now come boldly into the throne of grace we have a weapon called prayer that we are dismissive of and we included me When we figure out that, if we don't figure out and take God in his word that we have a weapon of prayer that is powerful, it's not a fairy tale, it's not a comforting agent, although it can comfort you, it's not mind over matter. It's not any of those things that, that if, to believe those things is to believe that the whole gospel, that, the, that, the, that everything we do with God is nothing more than a myth. Oh, I don't think you're hearing. We treat, and I say, when I say we, I mean me. I've been guilty. We treat prayer as a last resort rather than a first offense on the offense. Well, I don't know. All I can do now is pray. With that distinct sound of defeat and whine in your voice. (laughs) Pastor, I guess all I can do now is pray. How about right now I can pray? Right now I can walk into the, to the master of the universe, the one that spoke something out of nothing, the one that spoke light and there was, the one that said separate and it did, the one who, who breathed life into mankind, the one who holds it and says that he holds the waters in the, in the palm of his hand and measures the sky with the span thereof, that he gave me permission by the blood of his son that I can walk. Walk boat, not I don't have to walk whiny. 
I don't have to walk cowered down. I don't have to walk like I don't belong there. I don't have to walk like I'm secondary or that I'm a third rate. I get to walk boldly into the throne of grace and obtain mercy, obtain help in my time of trouble. We as church members, Pentecostal church members, we preach and teach and talk more about praying than we've ever done. And if we would quit talking and start praying that the wor- that your world would change. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds don't just go away. Everybody in this room has dealt, has dealt with or are currently dealing with strongholds in your life. And they are not going to just go away. They have to be recognized and pulled down. And say it again. They have to be recognized. They have to be pulled down. A stronghold it is something that has enforced itself in your life. Let me rephrase that. A stronghold is a lie of the enemy concerning you that has fortified itself in your life, in your mind. It's a lie that, it, that, that, that has walled, maybe you walled it up to protect yourself from it, but it's there, and it's got a hole, it's a stronghold, it's a place, of, it's a place that it's hard to penetrate, it's a place that the, that, that the battle takes place, and you, you are going to have to realize, I I am going to have to realize that I walk in this, I'm in this world, we are in this world, we're not of this world, but it says we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh, that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshy, but they're mighty. I dare say, including myself, most of the time I don't see my weapons as mighty. If I saw my weapons as mighty, I would wield them, yield them with skill and quickly. Oh, I'm quicker at it than I used to be. I recognize the the fight is spiritual quicker than I used to. But sometimes I still get to be worn out a day or two before I realize, you know what? Enough. Listen to me, church. Enough. Enough about your family. Enough about your family history. That's one of his favorite ways. I may not get as far as I intended to, but here, let's park a minute. One of his favorite ways, one of his favorite ways to build a stronghold into your life is through your family history. Because then it becomes acceptable because you were raised that way. It becomes fortified because you're in your mind, whether you even recognize it or not, when you think, it had, well, it had mama and it had daddy and it had grandma and it has me, what am I going to do? Mm. 
Can I tell you things that just burn me up? Y'all know what burn me up? I mean, it just burns me up. I can't stand it. I'm just, Mom, I hope you're not watching. I have never been one that could accept that something bondage was passed down to me. And I hate that mentality. It can be. Oh, we better be careful right now because y'all's going to get on some stupid doctrine that's false doctrine about generational curses. I want to tell you about that generational curse. My Bible says if you would read past the, the last line that all these flakes preach, that the sins of the father shall be visited upon the son to the third and fourth generation. They never read the part to say this to those that hate God. There are certainly family proclivities and generational things in families, but I am telling you, if you will recognize who you are in the word of God, those things stop at the cross. Those things are broken at the cross. You have been delivered from the curse, the Bible says. That's a weapon, that's a stronghold that's been built up in your mind that you've learned to live with. Maybe every once in a while you see a flash of victory, but then you're sucked back into that black hole. We are in this world. We, we, war, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. I'm tired of seeing the church, the pulpit, all over the country that has given people carnal weapons from the pulpit Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I have a weapon of prayer. I would submit that is the greatest force to the known world. Y'all don't believe that. If we believed it, we would do it. Lots of kinds of, there's prayers of supplication, prayers of petition, there's intercessory prayer. There's, lot, there's lots of ways to pray, but there's, there's the way to walk into God in my time of need. First John says, if I ask anything, this is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, that I know he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, then I know that I have what I've asked him for. This is the confidence that I have in him. I have the word of God. Jesus gave us the demonstration of how this works when the enemy comes against you. He literally came against Jesus. You remember at the baptism, at his baptism in the River Jordan, it says when they come out of the water that the Spirit descended from heaven upon him like a dove, that the Father spoke from heaven, said this is my Son, whom I am well pleased. And it said immediately he was led, he was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy after 40 days of not eating. And he showed us a demonstration. Remember, he is our example. He is our example. Remember everything he done on earth, he done as a man, empowered by the Spirit, in obedience to his Father. That's our example. He, did, he, didn't, come to, he didn't come walk this victory out on earth at, in, in the power of his deity. He humbled himself, Paul said. 
and took on the form of a man. Yes? When he was met by the tempter, he didn't take on three or four different ways to, to self-help. Oh, we we, Y'all quiet. I'm, gonna, I'm going to assume that you're taking in. What was his weapon that day? It is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't was, wasn't just able to quote scripture. It is written that, thou, that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is, it, it, it is written. Can't remember the last one. It was the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, the same temptations. But the point being, he believed. He was, first of all, he was the living word. He applied the word to a situation because he believed the word applied. The word of God is living and powerful, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of the joints of the marrow the soul and the spirit and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's a powerful weapon. What does the word, never mind what Memo said about you. Because I'm going to tell you, I had family that would tell me, well, that's just how it is, son. I'm not being ugly. I'm telling you, there's, there's things that, my, that they had to learn too. Well, that's just how it is, son. Well, my, our family's been going through that for a long time. Just learn to deal with it. I, I ought to be speaking right into somebody's soul right now. But, when I, but whenever I open the book, it says if I'm obedient to the God, the, to, to the word, then it says that I'm the head and not the tail. That I'm above and not beneath. That I'm blessed going in, coming out, in town, in the country. In the, If I, if I keep reading the word, it, it says that, I, that, I, that I'm not a sinner, that I'm not defeated, that I'm not any of, the, of these things. It's, in fact, it says that, that he who knew no sin became sin, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does the word say about you? It's your weapon. Because see, you, the, 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 I was taught about this thing that, call, that we call the doctrine of election. Maybe I've mentioned it here before. Have you ever heard of a doctrine of election? Let me tell you about the doctrine of election. There's two things you know for sure every time. Doctrine of election. God is voting for you. The enemy is voting against you. And you have the deciding vote. Who are you going to believe? I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare. They're weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty. 
I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to write myself a note, email myself, write it on a sticky note. I'm, I'm going to do it when I walk out of this room. As sure as I'm standing here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to remind myself every day this week that our weapons are mighty. Because when I remember that our weapons are mighty, it doesn't matter what the assault is, that, that, that we have the remedy. We have the answer. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. See, whenever I, when I think they're carnal, I think that I've got to figure it out. When I think that they're carnal, that means that I've got to find the solution for me. I've got to find the solution for my kids. I've got to find the solution for the school. I've got to find the solution for the church. I've got to find the solution. I've got to find the solution. I've got to find the solution. And I don't have the solution. And then I'm in despair. And then I'm on the bottom. And then I'm, then, I'm, then I'm kicking cans, eating dirt, and nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go out and eat worms. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. I'm going to remind myself every day, all day, everywhere I can post it, you ought to put it on your mirror. I had it on, I had it on my mirror for months years ago think on these things we're going to get there in just a second think on these things you know why because it wasn't natural for me to think on these things so i had to put it in front of me till i got it in me to think on these things what things we'll talk about through the weapons of our warfare are not mighty but they're mighty are not carnal they're mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down who casting down imaginations who you, me, us. Imaginations, what are they? Just what it says. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. He will, he will put things in front of you and try to sell you a bill of goods. The, the literal word, the translation is, it's high things, casting down imaginations and high things. The high things is pretense, pretentious, pretentiousness. Y'all love pretension? Don't you love a pretentious person? Don't you love somebody that comes to you in a pretense? It's hard to get anywhere when somebody's, when somebody's pretentious. Because everything they're telling you, is not, what they're saying is not what they're saying. It's the means to get what they want. Casting down imaginations and every, and how many high things? Every stinking one of them. Who cast it down? I do. How do you recognize it? With a mighty weapon. How do I recognize what's imagination and pretense? With a mighty weapon. How do I recognize what's a mighty, what's, what's a, 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 that is an imagination and a high thing? With a mighty weapon. How do I recognize what, what is a, a, an imagination and a high thing with a mighty weapon? How do I recognize what is an, a high thing with a mighty weapon? If you don't know what the Word says and about you, you won't even recognize the imagination and the high things. Casting down imaginations and every single high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. 
Because I'm going to tell you, the old, back in the 70s, it was God said it, I believe it, that settles it for me. That was an old song. i got to tell you, if God said it, it don't matter if I believe it, it settles it. Well, let me say it a different way, because it does matter what you believe. If God said it, I can believe it. I should believe it. I will believe it. And that settles it. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity. People are always sitting around waiting on God to do things. I'm not suggesting that you outrun God. That's not what the, I'm talking about when you know what the Word says, you can know it's for you. Oh. If you know what the Word says about you and what the Word says about a situation, then you can know that it's for you. And you can stand on it. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought. Somebody hear me. Did you hear that? Bringing every thought into captivity. Every thought. Every thought. I had one of my closest friends. I was so mad at him not for last. He don't even know it. You know why? Well, I ain't going to tell you exactly why. But, I, but what happened was, is, well, he don't even know it. And I don't even know that it was him. Oh, yeah, I ought to be speaking to somebody right now. You ought to be, I, I, I'm, this is true. I'm, this is not a made-up example. This is true. One of my closest friends, I, I was mad at him for an hour and a half the other night. I, I started three times to blast him with a text. Man, that, it was smoking. It, coming off my phone. If it would have went through it, it would have burned down the tower. And the whole time there was literally a war going in my mind about how mad, how offended I was. Let's be frank. How offended I was over about what I thought he probably done. Did you hear that? Over what I thought he probably done. So what I'm telling you right now out loud is I'm admitting that I didn't even know that he was who done it. Hello? Y'all ain't going to sit here and look at me like y'all have not been mad at somebody before that they didn't even do it. It was all assumption, and we know about assuming. I shouldn't say that, but we all know about that. Assumption's not a good idea. And I went back and forth in my mind for an hour and a half. You know what the war, there, there was literally a war. It was, it was, it was a seed of division. It was, it was an instance of, of offense that was planted because I had no proof, no evidence, no anything. And, and the war was, why would he do this to me? I would trust him with my life. Why didn't he just text me and tell me he was going to do that? He's never done anything like this to me before. 
I'm trying to let y'all recognize a spiritual war. This was, I have a lot of friends and they're all important, but this was a close, very crucial relationship in ministry that I could have burned down just with one stupid text or one stupid phone call, one word of accusation. I'm talking about bringing every thought into captivity. And you know what I had to finally come to? It wasn't easy. Because that thought that, that I was trying, I, I had a lasso around it, but it was dragging me around the yard. How many you have a dog that was ever, you, you tried to walk him, but he walked you? Hello? I'm telling you, I had a lasso around these thoughts, but, they, it, was, but it, it was a pretty big one. It was dragging me around. I was trying to bring it into captivity. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about that he will try to get you to destroy relationships that, that are strong together because two is better than one. And a three-ply cord is not easily broken. Two is better. It says, it says, it says if you have two, if I, if I fall, I have someone to help me get up. If I have two, and if I'm stuck in the cold, then I have someone to help, to help warm. There's strength in numbers. You know that. That's why animals run in herds. Are you hearing me? And what did I have to do to bring thoughts? I, I had to start thinking about whatsoever things are true. Philippians chapter 4, I believe verse 8. Finally, my brethren, think on these things. Whatsoever things are true. I'm literally having a, a, a discussion with myself in my mind. J.R., what is true here? What do you know and what do you know about him? What is your relationship and why would you think he would be trying to undermine you now? When he's had your back every step of the way for 20 years. Why now are you mad and you don't even know it's him? Why are you... If this isn't practical, I don't know what is. And what I finally had to come, come to the conclusion of and arrest that thought, bring it into captivity, was that this is an attack, a divisive attack of the enemy in my mind. And I was going to have to settle on whatever things were true. To settle with what I know to be true. And when I did that, I just got a driving down the road phone call like I do three or four times a week. Hey, man, what you been doing? What's on your mind? How's your week been? Boy, I've, I've been through it on my end. How about you? You didn't know. Bringing every thought in the captivity to the obedience Christ. Bringing every thought, I'm talking about weapons. They're not, they're not carnal, but they're also not easy because they go against everything that's carnal about us. Do you know that the spiritual things that God gives us, they go against everything in your carnal nature. 
Because our carnal nature is to get before we get God. Our carnal nature is self-preservation and self-advancement and, and self-exaltation. Our carnal nature is me first. Our carnal nature, yes, is not reasonable. Our carnal nature is not forgiving. Our carnal nature is not selfless. Our carnal nature is not obedient to the Word of God. It's, it's not our carnal, our carnal nature wants to punch them in the mouth. Oh, y'all. Oh, y'all highfalutin' religious folks. You know, I never wanted to punch nobody in the mouth. Every thought in the captivity into the obedience of Christ. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, boy, that's a biggie. If you can just get to whatsoever things are true, you can, you can get past a lot of things. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise in it, think on these things. Your carnal nature is going to want to lay awake all night and fight the whole battle in your mind. We've talked about that before. You know, when I get there tomorrow, I'm going to tell them this, and when they say this, I'm going to tell them that, and when they say this, I have got this ready, and they, I mean, I mean, I'm going to let them have it in both barrels. It is coming. And most of the time in those situations, there's a time to stand. That's right. That's right. When they're coming against what's true, there's a time to stand for what's true. But most of the time, these strongholds, these imaginations, well, all strongholds, all imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is a lie. All of them. Get them out. Strongholds and imaginations will, will say things, again, it'll say things like, you're never going to get free from that. Family never did, you never will either. Strongholds, lies, things that exalt itself above the knowledge of God will say, oh, God would do that for them, but he's not going to do that for you. See, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God because the knowledge of God, the Word of God, which is the knowledge of God, says that he's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. Are you, are you understanding? Strongholds, th wicked imaginations, thoughts that have to be brought into captivity would be you're never good enough. 
Your kids are never going to turn out right. It might be you're always going to be broke. You're never going to have enough. That husband's never going to come around. He's never going to get free. He's never going to get saved. He's never going to quit this. He's never going to quit that. You're never going to, you're never going to get free. Oh, how real do you want to be? You're never going to get free from the pornography. You're never going to get free from the, from the stopping by the liquor store on your way home. You're never, going to get, you're never going to get free from the game room. You're never going to get free. You're never going to get free. Take it into captivity. One of the biggest ones was, oh, there ain't nothing different than you. You're just like you always were. Because it keeps staying. Somebody hear me. Just because the enemy keeps staying the, throwing the same rock at you. Hear me. Because he'll convince you that you've never changed when he's just never stopped assaulting. And he's not even, you've never even realized that you hadn't fell for it in two years, three years, five years. You hadn't fell for it. Just because he keeps throwing the same rock at you don't mean you have to keep falling for it. Because it's not true. And other people will be, when they're engaged in the lie, they'll try to define you. The enemy tries to define you. By your past, by what you've been through. I'm not defined. We're not defined by our past. We're defined by the Word of God. We're defined by what's true. What you don't know what's true, whatever things are true, the Word of God is true. Jesus is true. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. You want to know what's true? The Word of God is what's true. And what He said about you. Apply it tonight. In the coming days, the news headlines, I'm looking at them today. I've been telling you for weeks, by the way. I, when I say that, I'm not really trying to say, nah, nah, I told you so. I've been trying to say that that the Spirit of God is leading. and he's, he, he's, he's not leaving us out here where we don't know what's going on. Read just this afternoon uh, that, that we should expect to see world, really what amounts to world starvation beginning in the next month. I told Heather when all this stuff in Ukraine st started up, that when they're, when they're bombing the breadbasket of Europe, I said Africa is about to starve. That's what I told her. The news didn't tell me that. The pundits didn't tell me that. The newspaper didn't tell me that. The gurus didn't tell me that. I, I said, Africa is about to starve. And in Eastern Africa, that's already happening. And I read just today, it said, if they don't end this thing, if they ended it today, it would take a deliberate and immediate worldwide effort to, 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 to get wheat crops and, and grain crops in the ground right now to keep half the world from starving, from getting hungry. I'm talking about warfare. That is going to work. That, that could work on your mind just because you're reading and you see that. And those things are happening. But what things are true is, is I was young. 
and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging for bread. I know people tonight, personally, not authors and TV personalities, and I've known people personally that hit times in their life with their children at home, gathered around a table when they had exhausted everything in their house. And when I say exhausted everything in their house, it didn't mean they didn't have what they wanted to eat. I'm talking about supper the night before was saltine crackers and what was left of the ketchup. And mama saying, what are we going to do? And a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a child sitting around the table. And you know, that's hard. That's real. Bible school at the time, in fact, they were both preparing for a life of ministry. She says, I wasn't really feeling very spiritual, I've got to tell you. Uh, I said, what are we going to do? You're going to set the table. What do you mean I'm going to set the table? We, don't have, we have nothing. We don't have ingredients. We, don't have, we, we have nothing. Set the table. Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. I set the table. What now? We are going to gather around it and thank God for the food, for the meal that has been prepared for us. What do you mean? We panic sometimes. We're going to thank God for the meal that's set before us. I know him personally. I'm not the only one I know. She said, against everything in me, my flesh, my carnal nature was screaming because my family was hungry or about to be. She said, I took, I took my child to work with me so he, could, so he could plunder the break room for what might have ever been left behind so he could eat today. God, we've given you everything we got and we have nothing to eat. Yes? Thank you, Lord, for this meal that we're about to partake. Who would be coming around this time of night? Open the door. Hey, y'all, we were supposed to have a big party at the house tonight, and, and it rained, and the weather was bad, and, and, and half the people didn't show up, and we had had it catered, and we have all this food, and don't know what in the world we're going to do with it. Our refrigerator's full. We sent everything we had home with everybody else. And she said, I got all this stuff in the trunk of my car. Do y'all need it? Do we need it? She loves to tell that story and say that even when I opened the bag, there was even cut lemons for my tea that they brought. And from that day to this, they've never been hungry again. Husband got better work the, immediately. Things changed. 
What am I telling you all that for? I don't know what we're going to look at. But we can trust God. And we can believe God. And we can settle on whatsoever things are true. He's true. He's true, church. We're going to gather and pray. And when we gather and true, when we come together and pray, we're going to believe what's true. And what is true is He's the healer. And He's the burden bearer. And, he's the, and He has the answer. Hello? Come on. As you're coming, I want to read you something. One week ago, we were praying for Susanna Maddox. Y'all remember? That's Brother Maddox's daughter-in-law. The reports were in. It, it was indeed an anaphylactic reaction. She's allergic to several things. Beans, uh, all beans, all nuts, all those things. I still don't know where, where she come in contact with anything, any of that. But you'll remember, we started messaging on a weeknight. Brother Maddox called me on his way to the hospital, said Susanna is in the ER, and they've just called and said she's coded. They don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, we find that she coded twice. One point she was, with, she was well, let's just be real. She was dead. She was, she was without pulse and without breathing for 12 minutes. 12 minutes. They said, she's not going to make it. Remember, we were, began to pray. Us and many, many, many others. Yes? One week ago today, this was three days ago, Z, that's Susanna, had a severe allergic reaction that put her body into anaphylactic shock. Her heart stopped three times. Food allergies are real. And due to her food allergy, of all beans and nuts, says we don't even serve them in our restaurant, we are not sure where or how she came into contact with something that caused her attack. She lost her pulse three times last Thursday. She was basically dead for 12 minutes, then spent five and a half days on life support. I was told four times last Thursday to prepare myself and our children that their mama was not going to make it. But as of today, she's off life support, getting out of bed, sitting in a chair, feeding herself, walking and talking, and had... So I'm not going to read the rest because I want to update the update. As of last night, one week later, she went home. And as of today, they didn't tell it on Facebook because they wanted her to be able to go home and rest a minute. But as of this afternoon, she has, she's walking, talking, at home, going about her business, weak, of course, but after 12 and a half minutes with no pulse, no, no respiration, she has zero brain damage. She's going to make a full recovery. And the doctors, every doctor at the hospital said, 
a 2% chance would have been the absolute very best that we could have ever given her and said, we come down to tell you tonight that what has happened with Susanna is nothing less than divine intervention. That is the only, that's the doctors, that is the only explanation we have for her recovery. That's why, that's why we pray. That's why we pray. Amen? I know tonight we're going to want to pray for Tweety. She came to me this morning and said uh, that she's having some testing done. She has a pretty severe curvature in her spine, and it's, it's giving her a lot of trouble. And they're going to see what they're going to do. Uh, she could be facing surgery, etc. I said, but she asked us to pray and believe for something different than that. And I, let's, we're going to pray for Tweety tonight and believe that God still does backs. Who else are we praying for? Physical needs tonight. For Benjamin, of course. I just settled in my mind that, that God's healing ben, Benjamin. Remember Luke's grandfather. Yes. We're, okay, his name's Braden. Braden. We don't remember six or six ish. He got autism and swallowed the battery, right? You said. But it already, they've got it out, but it already started leaking. Facing some Braden. Let's remember Braden tonight. Tweety, Benjamin Torbett. Who else? Remember Noah's friend, Leah. Who else? Physical needs. No one else. Remember. Remember this. Let's remember this daughter. Kirsten. Who else? Physical needs. Let's take it to the Lord tonight. Lord, we love you. Lord, we're going to believe what's true. And what's true is you're a healer. What's true is you're all-powerful. What's true is, is you sent your word and healed them. Lord, send your word to Benjamin tonight. Send your word to Benjamin tonight. Lord, and touch, and touch this, that this tumor. We curse it at the root. And Lord, that not only that the tumor would die, but that his brain would live fully intact. Lord, we believe you for it. Lord, for, for this, for this, for this, for Braden tonight. Lord, that you would reverse the effects of, of, of the battery acid. Lord, that you would touch and heal. Lord, for, for this daughter tonight, touch her back right where she's at, we pray. For this grandparent, Lord, we believe that you, he's doing better, but we believe you bring him to full healing. Lord, for, for this friend Leah, Lord, that you touch and heal and do what is needed. Lord, we want to be careful and never forget to give you the praise and honor for, for healing Susanna. Lord, for honoring the prayers of family and friends that knew that, that, that eternally and physically that she had to have a miracle. Lord, we want to thank you. Be careful to thank you for what you've already done. Lord, we believe for more reports. We're believing for a full recovery for Benjamin and others. But Lord, he is in a desperate situation. It's you. But Lord, the good thing is, is you are you. And there's many people that are calling on his behalf. And we believe you tonight. He believes you tonight. 
Lord, we believe, we're going to believe for the testimony of a miracle in Benjamin. We know that it's coming, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whatever, what else are we praying for tonight? Beyond physical needs, what else are we praying for? Pray for open doors for Luke, yes. Absolutely, that's a... Malik? Okay. Who else? What else? What are we praying about? James Fulton, yes. We, there's, anybody has work situations? Anybody else have work situations? I see one back there. I see one up here. He still does work situations. Sister Becky. Yeah. Pray for comfort for this family. What else are we praying about? Pray for Luke. What else? Who else? Last week of school, praise the Lord. Be with them through their testing. Be with the teachers so they can make it one more week. How many of you know the last two weeks of school are fun? Not. Yes, his son needs deliverance. You know what, God? He still delivers. I love, I love that you say that because he still delivers. He still delivers. Who else? What else? Salvation, of course, for loved ones. We're going to pray about that at the very end. What else? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Every time we come to you, I'm reminded that I love you and that you love me. Lord, I pray for James Fulton tonight. You know the need. You know the answer. You know the way. Lord, I pray that you give answers. Lord, for a son that needs deliverance tonight, you're the deliverer. You don't, you, don't just, you don't just save and bring people to heaven. You deliver them on earth. Lord, we pray for deliverance tonight in this, in this man's life. Lord, we pray for work situations, that you open doors and close wrong doors. Lord, that you open doors and close wrong doors. That you open doors and close wrong doors. Lord, we believe you for the right things. Lord, we, we lift up Luke tonight. We lift up, we, uh, we lift up open doors for... for for Luke Wood tonight. Lord, we, we believe in you for, for situations maybe that's not even mentioned yet. Lord, you know what is needed. You know what's not. Lord, we pray for comfort on a family that's lost a loved one this week. And Lord, we pray and bless your name. All over this house for lost loved ones and prodigals. Everybody's got them. Every single one of us have got them. Every single one of us has got somebody that's either kin to us or that's close to us that we love that needs, that needs the Lord tonight. Can we lift up the prodigals tonight? Lord, we pray that you would draw them home, that they would come to themselves. Lord, bring them to themselves and give them a newness, awareness, and, a, and a, a drive to come home to you. Lord, to return to the Father's house. Lord, that you will receive them with gladness. Lord, I pray, we pray for souls in, for the, uh, in this county from the north and the south and the east and the west. <coughs> Lord, that you, we, we're asking for souls. People driving by. People, lead them to your house tonight. Lord, we believe for, it's all about souls. Lord, we're asking. 
Lord, we, we, we don't have to wonder if that's your will so we can expect the answer. We can expect the result. Lord, we stand together. Lord, we pray for this country. Lord, for the world condition, for our political situation, both in the country and in the church. Lord, I am reminded to pray that, that by any means possible that your will be done in church leadership and political leadership. Lord, I pray that if this corruption needs to be exposed and removed and brought down, that you would do it. Lord, that you would that, that bring us to a healthy situation. Lord, I pray for the decision makers of every walk of life and at every level. Lord, that you would have your way. Lord, forgive us for not, for not looking to you on every turn. Forgive us for whenever we want to turn to carnal weapons. Lord, remind us that our weapons are mighty. We pray. Lord, we pray for Mag Church, for the ministries of Mag Church, the, the, the school, youth, children, adults. Lord, we pray that you would, bless, that you would raise up ministers and ministries from, without, from within this body. Lord, that you continue to stretch our, our, ter, our tent stakes and expand our territory. Lord, we pray for the finances of Mag Church that you have blessed abundantly over and over and are still blessing. Lord, that, you, that I, we still believe for a paid-for mortgage. We still believe for debt-free results but because of supernatural provision. Lord, we pray for the upcoming revivals with, with, with Donnie Swagger. Lord that, Lord, that people would be drawn from every direction, that they would be saved and baptized by the power of your Spirit in those meetings, that lives would be changed. And Lord, we pray for the people of West Africa and the upcoming mission for provision and for your power and your direction and your leading at every point, every step of the way. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them.